Yep, it's still morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining into my podcast. This is Arthur Pearl and Martin, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys already know this show is for mature audience um, because we have to be mature to really want to deal with our own selves, to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to look on the inside to, to reveal and expose to us so we can become more and more, uh, so we can walk more and more in this character because we're already like him. As he is, so are we, right? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Today we're going to talk about, I, you know, this is a hard question, but um, we have to deal with the hard issues because when we talk about inner healing, we're talking about going on, going down on the inside, digging, messing around with some things that we like to keep covered. We talk about messing with the envy, the bitterness, the strife, the unforgiveness, you know, the secret sins, you know, the ones that nobody can see, the pride, the prejudice, you know, the favoritism, all those kind of things, the ones that we can tend to try to hide. But when someone can discern, the Lord can send someone to see. <laughs> But how many of you know the whole purpose of it all is so we can be free? Um, the word of God say, whoever the sun set free is free indeed. So um, we're getting ready to deal with this issue. And I have to, you know, I have to ask this question because, you know, I got to know. Uh, I'm inquisitive and, and I'm, I'm wanting to know so you can check yourself out so you can know. Um, the question is, are you prejudiced? Oh, yes, I asked it. I asked it because a lot of times we think of prejudice. We just usually think about color, but we're going to dig in a little deeper and we're going to let the Holy Spirit go on the inside of us and dig everything out of us pertaining to this subject. How about that? Well, hold on and wait a minute. Let's see. Let's see. Some of you probably said right away, oh, no, that's not for me. I'm not prejudiced. Hold on and see, because if you'll listen in, you're going to understand that favoritism, pride, and prejudice, they all ride in the same boat. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. We finna pray first, Father. We just thank you for being in the midst of us, in the middle of us. You said we're two or three. There you are. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Father God, we thank you for not leaving us comfortless, but leaving us with a comforter and a teacher. So we thank you, Father, as I open my mouth, that the teacher, the Holy Spirit, will use my lips of clay to say what you would have him to say. Father God, we come before you today, this day, and say, uh, as you said, as we continue your word, we will become your disciples. Indeed, we'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Father, we're here today seeking, hungering, and thirsting after righteousness, wanting to know the truth. And Father God, as we come before you today, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Give us a rhema word, Father God, as we dig in your word, hungering and thirsting. Father, we surrender. We say we don't want our way. We want your way. And we ask you to forgive us for anything that we've done or said, Father, up until this point that's contrary to who you are. Uh, we yield our members to you. We surrender to you and say, Lord, have your way. Let your will be done this day. Yes, again, thank you guys again for joining in. This is Arthur Pearly Martin. Thank you for joining in on my podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Um, today, the question is, are you prejudiced? <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to ask it. Um, I, first thing I want to start off with is I want to start off with the meaning of the word prejudice. Because like I said early on, a lot of times we think of prejudice, we just think about the color of a person's skin. No, I'm not prejudiced. I got white friends. I got black friends. I, I heard people say that sometimes. Well, you know, I have a lot of white friends. or I have a lot of black friends. I'm thinking, why is that necessary to say? Is my color convicting you? <laughs> what was the purpose of that? Okay, well, anyways, today, though, we're going deeper than this. This ain't, well, I'm not talking about skin deep. We're going to be, we're going to go to, we're going to the heart. We're going, because this is inner healing. We're going on the inside and we're going to dig up some stuff and kick some stuff, throw some stuff out. I don't know about you, but uh, there's construction going on on the inside of me. Okay, God, you can't see it, but God is there. He's doing some construction work on me. But favoritism, I want to talk about prejudice. But a lot of times we talk about prejudice, we don't connect it to favoritism. So what is prejudice? Okay, according to uh, the Vines uh, uh, Dictionary, Depository Dictionary, it denotes, it's like prejudging. It's to judge beforehand. First um, Timothy 5 and 21, prejudice, it, it, it's preference to prefer something, to pre- prefer one person over another. 
another being put aside. Prejudice is when you prefer one person over another um, uh, by unfavorable judgments due to partiality. In other words, a prejudice is when you, you're picking one person over another because you know this person better. <laughs> it has nothing to do. <laughs> I'm talking about believers now. That's how the world judge. I'm talking about as believers. I'm talking, I'm asking this question. Are you prejudiced? We finish, when you're preferring one person over another because you have unrightfully, justifiably judged this other person who you don't know, That is definitely not a right judgment, but that is prejudice. You're picking this person over that person based upon some limited, uh, your your limited experience. And also, if it's not a spiritual choice, it's a carnal choice. So we're judging people based upon what we can see, right? And we know that as believers, that's not how judge, God judged things. He said, man looks on the outside. He told Samuel this in 1 Samuel 16 and 2. He said, man looks on the outside. But how many of you know that God looks at the heart? <laughs> so we're picking people. We're not discerning properly, um, but we're picking them because they look good. They sound good. They act good. You know, that's how Samuel was getting ready to pick the wrong king. <laughs> you know, I, I often thought, I'm like, well, why didn't God just tell Samuel who, that David was the king rather than have him go in there and go through all of Jesse's sons thinking, oh, surely this must really be him because, you know, he has a statue, they're for Sikh, he has the qualifications, he has the credentials, he's on church. Oops, yep, he's there on time all the time. You know, every time we need him, we call on him, he's there, you know, but that had nothing to do with anything. Because God is there, Samuel, I've rejected all of them. The Lord says to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. Don't look at the outward appearance. Don't look at the flesh. Don't look at their alculades, their diplomas, their their experience. Don't look at none of that. The Lord says, I've rejected them because how many of you know that the devil can transform himself into an angel of light? Right. The devil knows the word, but the devil can't live the word. This is why we have to be discerning. The Lord said, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outside appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so the Lord was saying, yeah, they, and, and, and guess what? They was all in the military. First Samuel 16, read first Samuel 16. When the prophet uh, Samuel had to go in and pick a king, the Lord sent him to Jesse's house to pick a king. And Jesse had all his sons in there except one, Lord Jesus. <laughs> David, of course, David, even that even shows a sense of judgment even on the father because he didn't even consider his son, David. He didn't even bring him into the house when the prophet asked him to bring his sons in. He didn't even consider David. He left David out there tending the sheep because surely David definitely couldn't have been the one because David had, had no military training and he did, you know, he was small and strong, according to what the word says. He was a small statue person. So surely, according, uh, judging by the outward appearance, David surely couldn't have been the one. But how many of you know that God is is preparing some men and women in secret? <laughs> because, see, what Jesse failed to realize in his brothers is that while David was back there tending the sheep, minding his own business, he was... He was back there. God was preparing him him and equipping him for the work of the ministry. He was preparing him and equipping him as a king, which he had called him to be and created him to be. So after Jesse goes through trying to figure out which one, looking at the natural. How many of you guys are have we've done it all? We picked the wrong men or allow the wrong man to choose us. Looking at the outward for seek. Oh, he's tall and he has to be tall and handsome and six feet two and all of these other foolish things that is all carnal outside. They're fleshly. We're basing when we're basing our choices based on merely what we can see. Then I almost can promise you we're going to make a bad wrong choice. Okay, God wants us as believers to go and pray about things, pray things through, or ask for counsel, and the multitude of counsel is safety. How many of you know? Because sometimes people can see what you can't see. The Bible says that the prophet, uh, the donkey could see, but the prophet of Baal could not see. Balaam could not see, but the donkey could see. <laughs> Sometimes people around you who you don't, 
who you might have discredited or written off say, oh, well, because we're thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And the Bible tells us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, right? But sometimes we're thinking that we're up here and they're down here because maybe we've been uh, in the faith longer, more years or whatever. But the truth of the matter is we need to really, uh, that's, that's, that's prejudice and that's, um, that's judging and that's prejudice. Because we're basing it upon our own little limited experience. It has nothing to do with God. Because if we understood how God thought, God looks at the heart, right? This person has a heart for God. This person has a love for God. Uh, but maybe they don't have the same title. Or they don't go to the same title church. Or or they, uh, they haven't been in the faith as long as you think they have. But believe it or not, every joint supplies a need. And just because this person has been... Uh, in the faith 30 some years and this one only been there a year or a few months that don't mean nothing um the lord told timothy don't let them despise your age timothy you know because that's a number because god put something in each and every body in every person when he created them how many of you know that because god is a god of purpose he does everything on purpose for a purpose and with his purpose in mind i'm trying to stick here but what i'm saying is quit discrediting people based upon what you can see because god does not judge by what he can see we need to go and pray about it and even get counsel if we have to so you can see what god see because everybody has something that you need every joint supplies a need so that means you have something that i need and i have something that you need and let's quit discrediting people based upon their experiences or their statues or their social classes or their physical classes or their financial classes because that's not how God touch okay but favoritism let, let's look at uh, so we say prejudice is when we is um, we prefer one person over another person and, and we do it we do it favorite a uh, 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 prejudice because it's, it's favoritism is connected to judgment. I mean, to prejudice. Favoritism is connected to prejudice. When we uh, when we're picking someone, some you know, we we favor this person over that person, right? By unfavorable judgment due to partiality. We that's what one of the meanings of prejudice, but. Favoritism, let me read to you what favoritism is, according to the Merriam-Webster. It's the unfair practice of treating some, uh, treating some people better than others, right? The same thing as uh, prejudice, preferring one person over another, right? Treating some people better than others, that's favoritism, okay? The Greek word translate favoritism in James 2, it literally means to receive according to the face. In other words, to show favoritism is to make judgment about people ba- on the basis of their outward appearances. You're favoring this person, not because you know them by the spirit, but you're favoring this person because you know them by the flesh. <laughs> they seem to be nice on the flesh. You know, they're here every time I call them, they do this every time I ask them. Um, but that's not how God judge. That's favoritism. Favoritism and prejudice, they they go hand in hand. I'm going to prove it to you here in just a minute. Um, But again, Samuel says, Samuel 16 and 2 says, God does not, uh, man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart, right? This is how God makes his judgment calls based upon, well, he's all knowing. So when he created us, he knows what he put in us, right? And, but he's given us the ability to be able to discern if we will tune into stuff and just, get out the favoritism thing and picking people based upon, well, I like them. (laughs) We're supposed to love them, but that doesn't mean because you like them or because you love them or because they're a friend of yours that they're called to be in that position of leadership. Okay, let's talk about the prejudice in the church, okay? And we're going to go on from here. Uh, The James 2, 1 through 4. It says, fellow believers, do not practice your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of partiality towards people. It says, show no favoritism. No, this is the Amplified Bible. No prejudice, no snobbery, you know, snobbing your nose up at people thinking you're better than. For if a man comes into your, into your meeting place wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in dirty clothes come 
also comes in and you pay special attention to the one who wears the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in this good seat and you tell the poor man, you stand over there or you sit out on the floor by my footstool. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with wrong motives? Lord Jesus Christ, did you hear that? So we're showing partiality towards people and favoritism towards people. It's not, we're judging. We're, we're not only are we practicing, we're being prejudiced based upon their appearance. Uh, this one is better than that one because this one looks better than that one. So this one is better than that one because this one has more than that one. That is our carnal judgment. Are we not basing our, uh, our we're not basing our friendship with people, um, our relationships with people based upon mere carnal minded uh, decisions? Because it has nothing to do here. This is all carnal. If a rich man comes in, he's wearing nice clothes. You get from the good seat and the poor man comes in and you tell him to sit on the floor. You put him wherever you disregard him because in your little minute mind, we don't understand that everybody is somebody. There is no big eyes and little U's in the body of Christ, period. Not just in the body of Christ, in the world. It was for God so loved the world the W-O-R-L-D, that's you and that's me and everyone in it, that he gave his only begotten son. So quit disregarding people because in your in your little peanut mind, they don't have what you have. They're not in the same status. They're not in the same class. Is that not pride? When we judging people based upon social status, based upon what they have and what they don't have and all this kind of foolishness. You disregard them and say, well, they're poor. They can't tell me nothing. Let me tell you this. God created everybody for a reason. Everybody was created on purpose to serve a purpose because they have a purpose. Because when God created them, he created them with a purpose. When God created us, he put everything on the inside of us that to that pertains really to life and godliness to be, for us to be able to succeed. God did not create anyone to fail. Quit discrediting people based upon prejudice, pride, and favoritism. Because that's what that is. And you see it all day long in the churches. For people promoting people because they like them. It has nothing to do with the gifts, with the calling, or none of that. It has nothing to do with being spirit-led. It's like, well, they look good, they act nice, they all this, but no one is, and we're not discerning. We're going to do like Samuel did. Oh, surely this got to be the one right here. I had someone to ask me once, what did I think about someone? I said, well, you need to pray about it. Why? Because I could see something I guess they couldn't see. But in the natural, everything looked okay because they looked real, they was real spiritual. But the Holy Spirit, he was letting me to, he was letting me discern and see something different. If you are a leader, you need to be able to see. Leaders should be able to see. I, I'm, I know discerning of the spirits, there is a gift, but God will still give us words of knowledge, words of wisdom. There should be some type of gift. If you have put a person in leadership, there should be some type of, they should operate in some type of gift. God gives the gifts as the spirit will. It has to be more than, um, well, they're a nice person or they someone I've been knowing for 20 years or uh, they, they helped raise me or you cannot be promoting people based upon natural carnal uh, abilities. We have to be able to see if you can't see, then go get some counsel and then go pray. But we, we as believers must be spirit led and not flesh led. We can't be picking people because we like them. Oh, we seem to click. We seem to get along real well. Man looks on the outward. God looks at the heart. And we can pray. You say, well, no man knows the heart of a man. Well, that's, but the spirit, no man knows the spirit of the man, the heart of a man, except the spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. This is why he gives us the gifts of the spirit, the words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Don't move. Don't make a decision unless you hear from God. You know, I have people asking me stuff. 
I'm not one to quick say yes. And if I do, I, I'll, I'll, if I feel like I made a mistake, I'll go back and I get my words because we're ensnared by the words of our mouth, right? If you have made a promise to someone or given your word to someone and for some reason you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or God didn't tell me I answered too quick, you need to call them, text them, do something and go get your words back. Don't just not show up. That's a character issue. There's no condemnation. But we're talking about are you prejudiced? So when we when we're judging people based upon their statue, their social statue, their financial statue, their physical statue, and we're thinking we're up here and they're down there, that's prejudice. Prejudice is not just prejudice is not just the color. Prejudice, prejudice is your character. Prejudice is an attitude. Do you think you better than? Do you think you better than? Why do you think you better than? Is it because of the people you hang around with? Is it because of the clubs you belong to? Is it the church you go to? Is it the job you work at? Is your job title? What is it that makes you think you're better than? Whatever it is that makes you think you're better than, that's a spirit of pride. We call that down in Jesus' name. That's a spirit of pride, prejudice. I want to talk to you about favoritism. How is how is favoritism prejudice? Because once again, to have to favor something, you have to prefer one person over another person, and it's all based on carnality. Um, how many, the, uh, Ephesians six and nine says there is no favoritism with God. Romans two and eleven says there is no favoritism with God. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and lords of lords, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God, showing no partiality, and he takes no bribes. He cannot be bribed. We can't change God's mind. It doesn't matter how much money we have, nothing. That does not move God. God is not impressed by us. He wants us to be impressed by him. God loves us irregardless because love is who God is. God wants us to be obedient to him because he's trying to protect us from the evil one, right? Isn't that why you try to tell your kids what's right and wrong? Because you're trying to protect them from something that's going to hurt them. And it's it's not, the question is not, does God love us? The question is, do we love God? Because Jesus said, if you love me, obey me. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? There's, you know there's no condemnation, but we've got to get to the root cause of this. Are you prejudiced? Because favoritism and pride and prejudice, they all go together. Because prejudice is when you favor one person above another. So now we have people in positions who's not properly prepared, not equipped, not trained. They're not even really called in that area of ministry. But because they're our friend or because we've been knowing them a long time, we have misplaced people because we was not discerning. And now we have babies killing babies. We got babies leading babies. And we putting people in position just because of their gift, but they have no character. We must have character to go with what, wherever God has called us. Our character must be developed. We have to have character to go with the call. Because when we don't have character to go with the call, this is when we make these carnal mind decisions. And we're picking people who are prejudiced. We're picking people who cannot discern. We're picking leaders who can't see. You guys remember I did a pod study, a podcast on that where God, um, God told Moses to pick 12 chief leaders uh, from each tribe to go into the land that he had already promised, the land of Canaan. And so... The leaders couldn't see. Joshua, the only one that came out with a good report. They, because they could not see, they gave the pe- the people that they was leading wrong, the evil report. They said, no, yeah, the land is flowing, milk, milk and honey, you know, um, but we can't, we can't take it because the Amnekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, they all in there. We, you know, they came back speaking contrary to what God had said. And God said they had, they gave an evil report. Why? Because anytime we don't say what God say, we call him a liar. When we speak contrary to what God say, those are evil reports. I, I did a podcast like, don't confuse the facts with the truth. I, the, 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 the fact was that Lazarus really was dead. He had been dead for three days. That was a fact. But the fact does not nullify the truth. The truth to us, Jesus Christ is the resurrection. And if we believe, not only can we lay hands on the sick, but that same power that raised them from the dead we have on the inside of us, we too can raise the dead. 
but some of you can't believe that, right? How many of you know, when we don't trust God, when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. It's simple as that. There's no condemnation, but I give it to you the way he give it to me. And I like it just straight like that. No sugar, no nothing. I drink tea. Some teas I drink don't have no sugar, no nothing. Just the water and the tea. Um, because I know that's good for me, right? So he just gives it to me straight to the point. There's no condemnation. But when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar, right? If you're telling me something and I'm constantly telling you, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. That's not pleasing to you either. Um, When we say we have faith in God, that means we have faith in everything he says. We have faith in everything that he says he's done. When we read the word, we just instantly believe it because we believe we have faith in God. We believe everything about God. We believe everything God says. We don't have to know all of the word of God to believe to have faith in God. My faith is in his character. My faith is in his faithfulness. My faith is in his love. My faith is in his kindness. My faith is in his gentleness. My faith is in his mercy. And because I know he loves me, I can trust him and I can believe him. So when we say our faith is in God, that means we have to believe everything he says because that's who he is. God and his word is one, right? So I'm I'm trying to get back here. So uh, favoritism, it ought not to be amongst us. As born again believers, Colossians 3 and 17 tells us that whatever we do in word or deed, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him, not based upon our fleshly, uh, well, I like them, well, I don't like them, I don't think they'll be a good fit and all this kind of foolishness. That's not what it's supposed to be. It doesn't matter whether you like them. The, the, The question is, did God call them? If that's who God called, then that's who you, that's who you appoint because promotion comes from the Lord. We have so many misplaced people because they have not been placed there by the Holy Spirit. They have been placed there by uh, uh, favoritism, by favoritism. You're my favorite. I like you. I know you. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this for you. It has nothing to do with God. It has nothing about hearing from God. For promotion comes from the Lord. Psalm 75, 6 and 8 says promotion come neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put he put down one and set up another. And when we're being led by the spirit of God, then we too uh, should be able to know this. You know, this could be a total stranger. You don't even know. And the Lord is saying, get that one. Get that one. It's not about whether you know this person. It's not about if God said get them, then that's who you get. But we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit in order to be led by the Spirit. It's more to, I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's not, we're not based on a ward system. You know, the world wants you to think, well, if you, if you pray 30 times a day and you go to church 10 times a week, uh, 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 then, then God can use you. No, 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 no. The Bible says man looks at the outside, but God looks, God is preparing some men in secret. How many of you know that David was a king without a castle? He was anointed, appointed by God and on the run. But even while he was on the run, it might have looked like he was out of God's will. But for real, he was, God was preparing him and equipping him. And he was tested and he was tried, but he still trusted God, no matter what he went through, how the fact that King Saul was trying to kill him, trying to assassinate his character, trying to kill his physical flesh. He remained faithful and faithful to God. He wrote Psalms. He wrote some of Psalms. He wrote some Proverbs. He was praising and praying out and crying out to the Lord. His trouble, it didn't feel good. It didn't look good, but it was working some good things in him. Tribulations, that tribulations was working patience and patience was producing character. He would not touch King Saul because of his allegiance to God. It wasn't so much to Saul. Saul was a terrible person. He said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. I'm not going to do him any harm. But uh, it was because of his relationship with God, because in the natural, the carnal, our carnal senses is if you hit me to hit you back. Right. He could have got bitter at King Saul. He would have had every right to. I mean, he had lied on him. He tried to ruin his reputation. He tried to kill him for Christ's sake. 
But it was because of his relationship with God that he was able to stay live, stay in submission to God. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Anything we do outside of relationship is carnal. We cannot be led by the Spirit of God without being in a relationship with God. Write that down. There's no condemnation because all we do is start spending time with God. Start spending time in his word, not just reading his word, but asking questions. Lord, how do I do your word? Because you can know what the Bible say and not know how to do what it say and not know how to take it and apply it to your daily life. We got to know, Lord, what does this have to do with me? Ask him, Lord, how do I do this? You said take off anger. How, what does that look like? How do I take off anger, Lord? You said, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath, but I'm still angry, Lord. What does that look like? Trying to stick with the subject here. Okay, so we we're, we discuss how the, the favoritism in the church house, how we're picking people based upon uh, what we can see, what we know about them. Oh, this is my friend, or this is such and such. This is, and, and, and it's all carnal. We have to be led by the spirit of God. For God, there is no favoritism in God. God chooses people based upon their gifts, their callings, and their the work that he has assigned for them to do. He, this is why he placed them in service. When God called Moses, he, he didn't call him because of his eloquence of speech or, or none of that. God called Moses because of the call he had put on his, on his life, the prophetic call that he had on his life, the call to, the pastoral and the shepherd call that he had placed on his life. That's why he called them. When he created them, he had already put that inside of him. He See, when God created us, he, he put everything inside of us. He didn't wait and say, oh, yeah, by the way, um, now that they're 20, I'm going to make them this. No, when he created you, he made you. But you just didn't understand it back then because we wasn't in tune and in sync with the Lord to be able to understand spiritual things. But this, he didn't, Moses just didn't one day pop up and be a shepherd. Moses has been being a shepherd for 40 years. He was preparing him and equipping him for the place, for the, for the position in which he had called him to when he was back there tending sheep for 40 years. He was tending sheep. They say sheep is the dumbest animals in the world. He was developing patience. He was developing character. He was steadfast and stable because, I mean, four years tending sheep. They wasn't listening to him. He had to take that rod and try to guide him and direct him constantly. That's patience. So by the time the Lord had, had was ready to call Moses and he was empty, he was 80. He started his ministry at 80. Come on now. So we have to, let's quit disregarding people where they're old and they don't know nothing or they too young and they don't know nothing and they can't tell me nothing because I don't know them. I listen to my grandkids because I'm looking for the voice, not the vessel. And I know the Lord said my sheep would know my voice. He didn't say look at the vessel. He said you'll know the voice. My sheep know my voice. If he spoke to a donkey, which he did, I believe it because the Bible says so, then truly he can speak to anything and anybody. He said, I'm going to make the rocks cry out if you don't praise me. Anything that God created, he can command. He said he could take the heart of a king and turn it in the direction of his will. So let's let's quit disregarding people thinking because because we're we're pr- prideful and prejudiced. Well, I don't associate with those kind of people. Well, I don't. Um, uh, let, let me tell you what these mindset strongholds, mindset strongholds, which Second Corinthians ten talks about that we need to cast down every uh, imagine evil imaginations and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and and uh, and talk about the mindset strongholds. Mindset strongholds are developed uh, based upon our limited experiences, um, how we were raised, uh, things that we, the devil has convinced us to believe as truth and not truth. It causes us to profile things. It causes us to profile. Isn't profiling prejudice? I ask the question, are you prejudiced? I, I bet. I, listen here. Anytime you have an experience, okay, we say you've had a few experiences, bad experiences with women. So now you say all women are no good. That's that's profiling. Not only is that profiling, but that's prejudice. Because now you're judging people um, based off your limited experience. And we know that's not true because you haven't been with all women or you haven't been with all men. You say, well, all Latinos are bad or all blacks is bad or all whites is bad. That's profiling based upon your limited experiences. That's prejudice. That is prejudice. It's, you know, we just, like I say, a lot of times we think prejudice is about 
the color of your skin, but really prejudice is about the intent of your heart. Because when you're judging someone based upon your limited experience, I'm not talking about where you have discerned something and the Holy Spirit has showed you. I'm saying that when you're judging people based upon your limited experience, this is how you decide whether you like them or don't like them. Our Father, our heart cry and our prayer is, Lord, help us to love people the way you love them. Because God's love is not based upon what, what he can see. But if you really take a minute and look back in your life, look at some of those people that you don't like. I promise you, it's based upon sometimes it's always based upon something that's carnal. Because we're thinking we're up here and they're down there. It's okay not to like what a person does, because God hates sin, but you can it's never okay not to like people. And I there's some people that I don't like what they do, but I still love the person. But you got to use wisdom in dealing with people who don't like you, right? Because that's like King Saul. King Saul didn't like David. And because King Saul did not like David, King David could not be in the presence of King Saul because he did not mean him any good because of the influence of the evil spirit. But even though if we look at that story, we'll say, but David did not allow King Saul to change who he was. He still loved him. But he just couldn't be around him because he was trying to kill him. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about we're talking about um, I'm, uh, are you prejudiced? Uh, do you show favoritism? So we talked about how we have allowed favoritism and prejudice to creep in the church by by preferring one person above another person uh, based upon their natural uh, physical abilities. Judging people, uh, promoting people based upon their flesh. There's no condemnation. I'm trying to finish up here. So again, we're saying how man promotes. Uh, men will sometimes choose people, promote people because of their personal friendship, relationship, financial status, social status, or even physical appearance. You know, isn't that the story we just read about a rich man and a poor man? One come in dressed real nice, have these big rings on. He's got a, you know, look like he got a whole bunch going on. And so he gets the best seat. The poor man who's not, who's dirty and grimy. He gets, I've seen this. We better, we need to be careful how we handle God's people. Because he don't choose people the way we do. So we're choosing, if we're choosing people. We're putting people in positions because of our social status or physical but as believers, we're to be led by the Spirit of God and doing things because He said so, not based upon what our flesh like or dislike. We're to be discerning so we can distinguish what's God and what's not. How many of you know that clicks causes splits? When you have to uh, look a certain way, act a certain way to hang, to hang out with me, uh, once again, that's a form of prejudice. We're not the standard. God is. But clicks causes splits. You can't be a part of our clique. Because you don't act like us, you don't talk like us, you don't look like us. Not only is that uh, uh, that's favoritism, that's pride, and that's prejudice. Because we're not the standard; God is. God, get, God is the one who gets to set the standard, not us. And when we're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can be we can be discerning. We can develop our ability to discern. He says to exercise our ability to discern. To discern is to be able to distinguish good and evil and right from wrong. Practice it. Um, start looking at your life and, and asking yourself, hey, what would Jesus do? This is how we're discerning. Is this Christ-like or not? That's discerning. Well, then if this is not Christ-like, then that means God is not telling me to do this, which means this is not God. And let's not make excuses for our prideful behaviors. Because God don't understand. The only thing God understands is when we know better and we're not doing it, that we're being rebellious. That's what God understands. We cannot micromanage God. We can't bring him down to our level. God is not going to conform to our image, to our likeness. He's trying to get us to conform, to be be transformed um, by renewing our minds so our ways can become his way. He's not going to give up his way for our way. He's trying to get us to come up to where he is so we can live his way. There's no condemnation. But I'm asking the question, are you prejudiced? What is your, when you make a decision uh, concerning people, what is it based upon? 
you, whether you like them or don't, whether they have the social clout, the physical physique, you know, um, that's not a, that's not the right judgment. So let's talk about, we didn't talk about uh, prejudice in the church when we're preferring one person over another because of how they look and we talk about favoritism. Here, you come sit here and then you sit over there. They, they, they tithe more, they more faithful, they come more than you do. You sit there and be careful how you handle people because God created people and he put something in each and every one of us. There's no condemnation. This is a teachable moment. It's to get us to see ourselves because I'm going to just talk to you about the real deal. I'm not going to beat around the bush. We're going to go inside and deal with the real deal. So let's talk about favoritism in the family. How favoritism, and which is prejudice, which is pride, how it causes division and dissension within the family. I want to go, I want to uh, just briefly talk about how the Bible says that, um, that how, uh, Jesse, he loved he loved Joseph more than he did the rest of his sons. Genesis 37, 3 through 4, NLT version. It says, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. Okay, so this is why he's loving him more because he was born in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful coat. But his son hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They could not say a kind word to him. So you see how the father opened the door to that? When we show favoritism, because God is not God doesn't show favoritism. Um, don't confuse the favor of God with favoritism. Okay. God loves us all the same. The favor of God will come on you to uh, to uh, anoint you for a specific purpose, a ministry, a, a, a assignment, or whatever. That's the favor of God. You'll have people saying yes to you because the reason they need to say yes to you is because God is favoring you because you need that favor to get whatever it is he's asking you to do or to possess whatever it is he's asking you to possess. Right? That's the favor. Um, but that's not, you're not his favorite. God has no favorites. That's going to hurt some people's feelings because I hear, I don't hear people say that. Um, that's not biblical truth. The Bible says in Romans 2, 11, God has no, there's no favoritism in God. Right? So, um, so here we see that the brothers hated them because they saw that the father loved him more. And when we as parents do that, we pit our children against each other. I like to tell my kids I don't have any favorites. I handle each child according to their demeanor, according to their behavior, uh, according to their temperament. That you don't treat them all the same because they're not the same. Okay, it's not one shoe fits all. It's not one punishment fits all. When my kids were small, they did they didn't all get the same punishment. Why? Because they didn't have all the same temperament. But does that mean I love this one more? No, I had to deal with them accordingly. Uh, into which way would be most effectively like my one daughter she didn't like the she didn't like being in the house so one time they said mom can I take the whooping and so I can go outside <laughs> the spanking I said nope Mm-mm. I'm no spanking for you you're gonna stay in the house why because I was trying to I wanted her flesh to understand that when you do this then this is what happens because she she said, can I take a spanking and go outside? No, I'm not even going to spank you, honey. I'm going to hit you where it hurt, where your flesh hurt. I'm going to make you stay in the house. That worked for her because that was her temperament. Me and, me and my one sister, uh, we hardly got spankings by my mom, not because we was perfect and not because we didn't do stuff, because we did. We just didn't get caught. But um, we were believers. If she said she was going to do something, she would do exactly what she's saying. We saw it. And I don't know about you, but I'm a visual learner. So I said, oh, no, we I'm not doing that. Because if I do that, she's going to do exactly that. Okay, so that's why we didn't get that many whoopings, because we learned from the whoopings, the, the, you know, the punishments and all that stuff that our older sisters and brothers got, because we had two that always wanted to test the water. They wanted to test it to see if it was true. Mm-mm. Sometimes you're going to learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> you don't have to experience everything in life to learn. You know, wisdom, if you'll listen, is crying out to us. It's saying, look here, 
see what happened when they did that? Don't don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to experience everything to learn everything. A wise man will learn, but a foolish man, he's gone, he's bent on his own ways, doing his own thing. He's like, didn't you just see them fall off the cliff? So why is you gonna do this drive drive that same way? You're gonna fall off the cliff because the road ends right there. Now be quiet to know what you're talking about. That's a fool. Now this person already done been that way and they trying to tell you not to go that way. Okay, so here we see there was there was a, a family feud that the father had set in motion because when you prefer one child over another, sometimes um, that's that's that is favoritism, which call, which is prejudice also because when you favor one child above another child, you're going to treat them different. They're going to have preferential treatment, which in God's eyes is not good because remember God shows no favoritism. Right is right and wrong is wrong for each and every one. You can't set a different standard of rules. The, the chastisement may be different because of the temperament. But you, you. this is why you have to know what's in your house. Because when you know what's around you, you'll know God can give you wisdom to show you, okay, well, here, you need to you need to take, maybe just taking this one phone is going to help them. Where this one might have to stay in the house because taking the phone don't bother them. So we have to know what's in our house. So we can be able to train them up. <laughs> it's not one punishment fits all. It's not one medicine fits all. There's no such thing. Because everybody's not the same. Okay? So there, there Jesse caused the, 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 the rift between his sons by showing. And sometimes we show uh, favoritism because some children are easier to handle than others. So it's like, I like this child more than I like that child. How dare you? That's favoritism. I'm, I'm so grateful that God doesn't do us like that. Say, well, I like this child more better than I do this child because this child is more rebellious than this child. You know, we can hate their ways, but we can't hate them. The Bible tells us um, that uh, Esau and Jacob, it says that Rebecca loved, that the father loved uh, Jacob, Esau, because he was like a hunter. But, but Rebecca loved Jacob. There we go. We have that division and that division in the family, which eventually led to Jacob wanting to kill Esau. No, Esau wanted to kill Jacob, was still in his birthrights. The sad thing about that story is that because the mother loved one son, she preferred one son above the other son. She was even in on the trickery of tricking tricking uh, Jacob, she was, she helped Jacob to trick Esau out of his his his, his inheritance, his, out of the blessing. She played the kids against one another. And when you have favoritism, you're definitely going to have division. So what we really need to do is if you find yourself favoring one person above another person or one child above another child or one grandchild. I tell my grandkids, I don't have no favorites. They're all different. They're all different. See, it's not, people don't have to adjust to you. You need to try to adjust to them. See, when you're trying to make people, because then what happens is you got you thinking that you're the standard, but you're not the standard. God is the standard, okay? So we have to learn how to love people where they're at. Because that's how God loves us, and, I, and I'm, I'm not. Even though I'm, my my weaknesses or sins might not be theirs, I still have them. So what we have to do is ask God for wisdom. Because I'm not up here and they're down there. I don't see myself. Uh, he said, "Think not, not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to." Some people won't deal with people because they think they're better than. That's pride. That's that's pride. That's favoritism. That's pride. Because I'm not going to deal with you. Because you're not good as me. And a lot of times we won't say that. But you know what? This is, I want you to take a second, a minute, a moment. And I want you to look at your life. At those people in your life who you have pushed aside or considered irrelevant. And all these different types of things. We don't really want to say that. But this is a second, a minute, a moment where I really want you to, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will, let us see because you know we pray that all the time Lord uh, take everything that's in me show me that's my prayer Lord everything in me that's contrary to you because what we don't understand that in order to for God to promote us we need to be whole 
our soul must be whole. Because when our soul is not whole, then you have immature, uh, wounded people in positions of leadership. They don't know who they are. They hurting themselves. So they're ministering out of, uh, out of a, a wounded heart. They're mean. They're all kinds of stuff. And people like, well, how's they here? They're they very immature because they got a gift. They, they have a gift, but they don't have no character. Because a lot of times we're not teaching people how to develop, how to develop character, how to walk in the fruits of the spirit, how to take off anger, how to, you know, how to walk in the love of God. They know the scriptures, but then we're not teaching them so they'll know how to apply the scriptures. How do we do this? How do we walk in love? How do we walk in the spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh? We need to know how to. Wisdom is the principal thing. And all you're getting is some understanding because I know what it says. Now, Lord, help me to understand how to do what I know. So here, the, the, the preferential treatment, um, if, if it favored, if it caused them, the, uh, Jesse's son, to hate a Joseph. Because they could actually see with their natural physical eyes that he, he he loved him more. That's not a good thing. Jesse was wrong for that. Because Jesse was operating in pride and favoritism and prejudice. Because when you favor one person above another person, you esteem one person better than the other pe- than the other people. One person was no greater are no better than the next person. When we learn to love people for who they are and not for how they are. Because when you start judging people based upon loving, whether well, I like you because, you know, we click, we just alike, you know, we get along, we this, we that, we this. No, that's not why you like them. That's not why you should love them. You should love them because God loves them. Yes, we're going to hate people ways. We might hate the sin, okay? But we're never allowed to hate the person. And then to who are we? Instead of trying to get everybody around you to adjust to you, why, why don't you try to get in fellowship with the Lord and you make that adjust and adjust to Him? Because when we learn to walk in love, you're going to be amazed how some of those little petty things that, that you thought was beneath you and all this other kind of foolishness... Um, when you begin to walk in the love of God, some of those, a lot of those little petty things ain't gonna bother you. Because when when you begin, when we begin to walk in fellowship with God, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. Jesus humbled himself. He did not come to be served, but he came to serve. He lowered himself. He came, he put on human flesh, and he came in the form of a man. He said, I didn't come to serve, be served, but I came to serve. We have a servant heart. But we don't want to flip that either and think and get into false humility. Because what is false humility? False humility is when we don't agree with what God say. God said we're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so when we're speaking contrary to what God is saying, that's false humility. Try to be humble. We don't have to try to be humble. It's not something that you try to be. You just be. Humility comes when we understand that we can absolutely do nothing without God. He said, have no confidence in your own ability, in your own armor flesh. Because it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit. Are you prejudiced? Do you think you're better than someone else? It's not because of the color of their skin, but just maybe because your social status, your spiritual status, or the, maybe the, the job you have, the people you hang around. Is it making you think that you're the elite, that you're up here and they're down there? If so, um, Father, we come before you today, this day, and we repent of pride, of prejudice, and of favoritism. Because when we favor one person over another, we're operating in pride, prejudice. Father, help us to be led by your spirit. You said those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. 
So, Father, we come before you today, this day. We yield our members to you, Lord God, and we repent of every error in our lives that we've been operating in pride. Father, reveal it to us so the devil will have no place in us. We do not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, Father, but we think in line with what you say, that we are heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ, but it's because of you, it's because of Jesus that we're heirs and joint heirs. So we come before you, Father. We kneel before you. We bow our hearts and our heads. And we say that you are Lord and that our standard would be that you are the standard. Father, you're the standard. We're not the standard. It's not about people coming like us. It's about us becoming more and more like you. Walking so we can walk in the newness of life. So we can live from the inside out. So that people will see our lights our light will shine. They will see our good works, Father, so that you will be glorified. We will socialize with any and everybody that you tell us to because we don't see ourselves as being bigger than, as being more than. We don't see ourselves as being greater than because you're the greater one, Father, and we call you Lord. And it's about loving people the way you love them, seeing people the way you see them. Treating the people the way you tell us to treat them. But you have no favorites. Yes, your favor is on us, but you have no favorites. You love the world, and that's why you gave your son, because you love the world. And um, Father God, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer is that you will accept him today. By believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and that he rose. And my prayer is... Uh, Father, if you could just say, Lord, save me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He did die and he did raise. And he is coming back. And uh, us not believing that doesn't change the fact. <laughs> okay, again, thank you guys so much for joining in on my podcast. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys, if you would like to support our nonprofit, Feel free to do so. It's WeCare, W-E-E-C-A-R-E, 1966.us. Or even when you support this podcast, hit on the support button. All proceeds go to my nonprofit. Okay? If you guys would like to uh, support me, it's the dollar sign, Pearly, P-E-A-R-L-I-E-J, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. And you guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout this wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, Just remember to repent. I'll be, let us be quick to repent when the Lord arrests us because now that we've gotten this word and we're more aware of what prejudice is and what our favoritism does and what pride is, we have been awakened to it. Um, so now that when we see it, when the Holy Spirit quicken us, um, so as we begin to try to treat people less than because we're thinking we're better than, and as soon as he bring it to us, let's be so quick to repent and say, oh Lord, that's what that is. Forgive me, Father. Because guess what? Be aware of entertaining strangers or homeless people or anyone else that you perceive to be better than or less than. Because you could be entertaining a stranger unaware. But remember, Jesus said, when you when you feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those in prison, when you uh, uh, pray for the sick, when you've done all these things, you've done it unto him. When you do it to others. That's how we express God's love in the earth. By doing the doing the work that he did. So others will not see to see us, but they'll see the God in us. And our Father, which is in heaven, will be glorified. That's how we allow our light to shine for him. I'm in the air. I'm almost out of time. Again, you guys keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Please share this podcast on your Facebook page or in your messenger, however way you get it. Share it and let's be mindful um, of God's correction and convictions so we can be open to change. So we can grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. Until next time, you guys have a blessed, 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 wonderful day. Remember that every day really is Thanksgiving because in everything and in all things, let's remember to give God thanks and give God praise. Okay? Till next time, you guys be blessed and be encouraged.